we're gonna we're gonna kick it off. Um, I'm just gonna get you to introduce yourself because I've not spoken to you actually. Um, I think we know a few mutual people, uh, and I think you know people listening are gonna want to know a bit about you. So if you're gonna introduce yourself, maybe uh, tell everyone and myself a bit about what you do on on here on Twitter, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah. So my name is Danny. I've uh, been in Web three for about two years now. Um, previously, uh, I guess I have been in, in tech for pretty much my entire professional career, uh, about a decade now. Um, I work, uh, for large tech companies. I've worked, uh, for startups, some as a core contributor, uh, uh, I've worked as a founder. Um, and yeah, I mean, between both my web two and web three ventures, uh, I've, I've, been able to raise uh, over $20 million um, in, in any of the ventures that I've been part of. And yeah, I am super passionate about technology in its entirety, but more specifically, um, the idea of taking something I'm passionate about, which is mental health, and leveraging technology to essentially fix problems that exist in, um, you know, the average person's day to day. So that's a little bit about me. I you know, like I, I absolutely love the Web3 space. I know it can be brutal sometimes, uh, whether it's the market conditions or the scams or, you know, the other million things that happen in, in the day to day. But I truly believe in the tech and the people that are here. So, yeah, that's that's me. And in, in, in a nutshell, no, that's that's crazy. 20 million. That's can you maybe go into a, a little bit about um, some of these ventures? And, and because that's that's proper interesting to me. Sure. Yeah. One of the startups that I was a founder for, um, it's a pretty crazy story. So I was very intrigued with startups. So I started to participate in a lot of accelerators and incubator programs. And <clears throat> I was introduced to an inventor who lived in the world of medical tech. And I knew absolutely nothing about that world, but I did have a, a business background. So they, they paired us together and he came up with, he basically invented a product in the field of TMS, which stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. Uh, it took me a while to learn how to actually say that because again, I was not familiar with that world. And yeah, he, he basically built an alignment device that increases the accuracy and effectivity of the therapy that is induced for TMS. TMS is predominantly used for people with depression. And that's kind of how we hit it off because I, like I said, very passionate about mental health and basically helped them put a, a business case together. And we actually sold the tech and exited uh, by selling the uh, product to a competitor. And that was like my first moment. I was like, holy shit. Like maybe I actually know what I'm doing because <clears throat> I kind of mapped out that entire strategy and it was super validating and, and kind of just made me more hungry and, and motivated. I also have, you know, had some failed startups as well. Um, sometimes it was because, you know, the team was a little scattered. Other times the product market fit wasn't there. So it's been a lot of trial and error, but I, I really do like to highlight the failures because I feel like we live in a world where we only broadcast our W's. And it's important to understand that it's no one's path, no one's journey is is all dubs. So yeah, been been a, an interesting ride, but that was just uh, one of the uh, one of the experiences I have that I'm, I'm very fortunate enough to uh, 
to be able to, to to speak on. Yeah, and this is true what you say as well. I think it's quite easy online for people to make it out like everything is that they're winning at everything and their life is perfect. But I think in the you know in the nitty gritty of it, a lot of things do go wrong. And I've never you know I've never done a startup like you have there. That's that's crazy. But th- like even little things like you know in relation to like recording this things will go wrong and, and it, but when it's out there it comes across like it's been you know a smooth uh, smooth sailing i guess you could say but uh, with with your ventures and these other ventures are they all normally mental health related and also in regards to the one you spoke about just then is that like i'm imagining like those pads they have on people's heads with the wires or am i am i completely out of that no no you're you're not too off base um yeah that that is that is pretty pretty much um, what TMS is and yeah, they, they haven't all been mental health related. And I learned very quickly, um, with one of my, my failed startups is if you don't love what you do, then you are not going to be as successful as you imagine. And that was kind of a tough pill to swallow. One of the startups I was part of in the very early stages as an advisor, it was a really, really great business model, and the vision was there, but I just didn't find myself interested in what exactly we were doing. It was, you know, uh, more so uh, like a kind of like a marketplace built on education, um, which obviously is very important. But I just couldn't, I couldn't commit to the way I am committing to other things that I know are more impactful that are going to, you know, fulfill me. Right. And, and that was a very interesting lesson. I think all of those failures that I've been fortunate enough to experience have taught me so such important lessons that uh, honestly are, are more beneficial to where I am now than, than the successes. So yeah, it's been a lot of trial and error, but uh, I am very, very lucky to be able to kind of walk away with those experiences and, and bake them into what I'm doing today. Yeah. And I, I think what you say about almost needing a passion for what you're doing is so important. Like I've, I've tried business ventures in my life. Um, I've like IRL stuff. Like in, um, I was doing car balloting, like detailing, I think you call it. Um, I'm assuming you're from the States. Am I right? I mean, assuming that. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm from New York city. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, so you probably you're well. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're at NYC, <laughs> um, NFT NYC. But I saw you on the uh, on the platform speaking platform on that that part there. I I was unlucky, unfortunate, uh, not to go. Uh, maybe one year though. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's like a bit early in my journey to be going to something like that. But uh, I'm going to my first event this week actually on uh, Saturday. So that's in London though, which is a lot closer to me than going uh, getting on a plane and going across the ocean. But did, did you did you go to NFT London? No, so so I don't know when that was, uh, but I would argue I've only properly been trying to sort of like I've been into crypto and stuff for years, but I've only ever started in this sort of Twitter space, social space with it since about October, probably properly. Um, so I don't know. Do you know when it was the last NFT London? I, I want to say it was right around that time. It was definitely like fall of 2022, and. Yeah, I I went. That's what the reason I asked is I also spoke uh, on mental health in Web three uh, at NFT London, and yeah, it was my first time in London. I loved it. I got to see some 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 homies, Sean Webster, Toby Lasso, 
uh, also also from the area, and he has great experience. Yeah, I feel like I'm in that that stage where I'm still getting to know people on in a, in a and on like on a level where I can go and meet them in person. I don't think it would really matter. I think I'm the type of person I do feel like I would just approach people, like even if I don't really know <laughs> who they are. But um, I don't know. I feel like I wanted to build my base a bit more. Um, that's why, I mean, I'm taking a step out of that now and going to one. It's a smaller event this weekend. It's not like a big one. It's just a, a single, uh, you know, tokens event. But I think that's a good step. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if they do um, NFT London again, yeah, I probably would go. There's people like, I know there's like Shiv obviously lives uh, in London. I'll probably meet up with him. We spoke about meeting up soon actually as well. So it would it would be good. It's something I'm looking into. It's just like little steps at a time, I guess, because, you know, you, you talk about um, mental health a lot. And I'm going to go into this later, but I mean, myself, I've, I've had like uh, anxiety things in my life quite a lot, quite frequently, I, um, more so than depression, I'd say. Uh, and that in turn has obviously affected my ability to do social events in my life. So I'm kind of like at a stage now where I don't want that to be the precedent. And I'd like to break free from that kind of, because um, I know it's hindered me in the past. So that, that's, and that's also, this is like very good for that, like NF, uh, this sort of space and everyone being mostly friendly. Uh, it is very beneficial for that, I'd say. Um, but I, I wanted to actually get, move into. So obviously, you've done these ventures, which is crazy. Firstly, I don't want to. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Not many people, you know, can make raise that much capital and, and stuff like that. But I want to. I want to ask you, what were you doing before? Like, were you were you working before? Were you studying? Like when you were younger, what what were you doing before you did any of this sort of thing uh, in relation to business? And yeah. Yeah, my, my background has been business. So I went to university and studied. Um, I double majored in operations management and finance, uh, also minored in international business with Spanish. So I've always been drawn to business, but I never knew I never knew what exactly I wanted to do with it. And after college, uh, I got hired to a, a pretty big tech company. And I actually still work for that tech company today. I, I run the... Uh, business development and, and partnerships team. So it's been it's been a very interesting journey. But in between that, I've always, you know, beyond working for a, a larger corporation, I've always craved more. And that was shortly after, you know, starting my first job, I realized that. So that's when I started to explore different avenues and ultimately got pulled into the startup world, which is what I, I was talking about earlier. Um, and I did a lot of accelerator and incubator programs that, you know, you didn't really necessarily have to exp have experience, um, but you were kind of thrown onto like different teams and people that were, you know, if you were an engineer or a business background or design, right, you know, all these companies needed people. And um, these programs kind of gave you the opportunity to, you know, just just jump into the jump into it. And it was really exciting because. I learned so much. And to this day, a lot of what I did learn, um, I still use into my day to day. Um, I currently am uh, the the founder of, of a, a tech company and lifestyle brand called Wellbeings, as well as uh, a Web3 service agency called Syntax Studios. And yeah, a lot of what I talk about to, to, to our teams and, um, you know, our strategies and our, our kind of, you know, six to 12 month plans is, is built around everything that I've learned in, in my startup experience. So, yeah, it was always challenging to balance that with a full time job. And I'm still doing that today. But, 
you know, life is all about balance. I am by no means have it figured out, but you know, it's, it, it comes with a lot of practice and, and just trying to figure things out as you go. Yeah. I love that. I love that you, you say about, you know, always feeling like you wanted a bit more than just the, the job, uh, you know, like nine to five or a typical job. Like I felt that way as well. And I still do. And that's why I still try things as well. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you without, you know, a risk of sounding a bit stupid, uh, but, you know, this is what it's about. I want to learn from you. Um, you say about incubator and accelerator programs. Can you sort of, uh, in layman terms, I guess, explain to me what that what that is, like in, in a basic sort of way and what it involves, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. So in regards to the incubator and accelerator programs, they're honestly not too different. Um, when it comes to, when it comes to like the core values, but it's basically like a mentor based program. Um, so let's say you want to build a business and you're looking for some support from experienced people that have also built businesses or, you know, know that industry specifically well, whatever the case may be is, but you apply for it and you know, some are more prestigious than others. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of like Y Combinator or, or anything like that, but they they are kind of like you know the top top tier programs. I never never did any of them. Uh, I knew with my experience at the time, I would never get accepted. Um, but yeah, they help you build and validate your your use case or your business model. Um, they help you with funding. They work with you on customer discovery. The networking opportunities are, are fantastic. And an accelerator, you know, the name kind of gives it away, is very fast. So it's more so usually about three months. Um, sometimes they go upwards of like six months, depending on the program. But it's very early in the venture stage. And it's a lot of hands-on mentorship that um, you know, really helps you expedite your process of bringing, you know, your business to market. An incubator program more or less is the same thing, but it is a substantially longer period of time. So incubator programs sometimes last upwards of, of five years, five years. It's usually not that long, usually about two years. And yeah, it, it's, it's the same concept, but I think the difference is where you are in your in your development cycle, as well as um, you know the the hands-on experience is less intensive because the duration is a, is a little longer. So it's kind of ongoing. Um, and yeah, I I did both. I kind of like the accelerator programs more because I have a tendency of thriving in chaos. But yeah, it, it really is exciting, and I recommend anyone who has you know maybe an extra five hours a week to look into one because you can you can learn so much even if you're just a fly on the wall there's so much to learn um, about building businesses that you really can't get unless you experience it yourself yeah i think this is something that i might look into i don't know if we do that in the uk i'm sure there's some equivalent I, they, these things tend to be pretty uh you know, there, there seems to be equivalents across across country borders with with these sorts of things. Anyway, uh, I've, I'd never actually heard of those. I've heard of them in crypto terms, I guess. Um, there's sort of incubators and and I guess 
I guess like launch pads maybe, but that's a bit different. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I've, I have only ever heard of it. So maybe I'll look into that actually myself, uh, see if it's something maybe could could pursue or look into. Um, I wanted to ask you actually in relation to crypto and I guess because your, your previous ventures weren't crypto related. How did you make the sort of step from Web2 business into crypto business? And like, did you get introduced to it? Or did you just come across it and think, oh, you know, this technology, this is this is what I think the future is, you know, et cetera, et cetera. How, how did you make that step? So funny enough, I did an entrepreneurship program in college and university. And one of the other students that was in that program was building out a model and company around blockchain technology. And his goal was to establish a voting system that leveraged blockchain. And I remember listening to what he was saying and being like, this makes a lot of fucking sense. But I never really like at the time was like, oh, like blockchain, crypto, I'm going to invest some money into crypto. And that is that, you know, that part never really clicked for me. But I was also a broke college kid who didn't really have money to invest. So uh, it wouldn't have worked out anyway. But after meeting him, he recommended a book on understanding blockchain a little more. This was 2014 going into 2015. And yeah, he, he taught me a lot. That was my first introduction to, I guess, anything Web3. And then after I graduated, I did have a disposable income. And I was like, you know what? If cryptocurrency is going to power this world, then you know I'll invest a little bit of money in, from my paycheck into crypto. So yeah, I bought the top, uh, which was awesome. And that was about 2017. And, you know, kind of just kept the money in there, never thought about it, only invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then around 2020, there was the, you know, altcoin rush, I got excited, jumped into that, made a lot of money, then lost a lot of money. It was a hell of an emotional roller coaster, to say the least, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just happy to be there. And then uh, I got introduced to the NFT space in 2021. Uh, I love the concept of the tech, but I didn't really love what I was seeing in the market. And then I, I saw the power of, and this sounds so cheesy, but like community. And I was just so fascinated by that because I always cross-reference what's happening outside of the space, right? And you don't see brands making that emotional connection uh, very frequently. And the idea of going from brand to audience and then transitioning from Web3 terms into brand and community, that really, really excited me. Because I love people. I love building communities. That is uh, probably you know the thing that I, I enjoy the most in this space. So yeah, I, I just kind of studied I learned, I was patient, and I started just reaching out to a bunch of people for moderator roles. I would just cold DM. I was like, hey, I'd love to moderate. I didn't know shit about Discord, but I was like, I, I need to immerse myself. I need to you know, build a resume in some capacity. And yeah, I, I did a couple of moderating jobs. Then I connected with a buddy of mine, Shaka Blood, a uh, buddy now, but at the time, um, 
we were kind of just acquaintances. I ended up working for him as his community manager. Then I ended up working for CryptoBats by Ozzy Osbourne as their community manager. And then I transitioned into building my own my own companies. It was it was a very interesting journey. Yeah, and it's a journey that a lot of people seem to have at least some aspects in common. Uh, it's funny you were saying about the altcoin rush. I was literally speaking to my friend today. I had uh, some memories come up on my Snapchat. I know this is uh, quite a dead app now, but Snapchat memories of, of us basically joking about uh, a, a token called Moon Boys of all the names. Um, that man, that was that was a roller coaster in itself. Like he invested two BNB, and I think the value in dollars was about three hundred thousand dollars, and he never cashed like any of it. And I, I think at that point, I think I've said before on this podcast, but I, I think I made about forty five k lost it made it back again lost it and ended up the whole the whole outcome was like i lost two grand for that, that the whole experience of like a year um, but it's it's like nostalgic memories i guess in a way also a, a very like steep learning curve because when you're in that that zone right there like you've just well for me i was just sort of hopping into it it's so crazy seeing the numbers just flying up you're thinking you make you know you're thinking you're smart you can make money on like any investment at that period and then the the cold hard reality kind of hits you and you're like ah okay well, clearly this is this you know this isn't i wasn't incredibly smart <laughs> it's just the way it was lucky basically but it's funny because everyone always sort of has that similar similar story and it's um i think it's a good thing that we all share that experience because you kind of have to go through it to then realize now you know smarter moves uh, and also like where the value lies and i think it's quite um interesting you say about community and audience like web2 brands having they um, you know think about like um, i don't know any clothing brands they people obviously you know they'll follow their follow their social medias and stuff but there there is no community there you don't really find the comments people being like really nice to each other and are you know messaging each other and reaching out to random people in the comments of like i don't know adidas or something um whereas with nfts and that there the community here is is great and it's basically what this whole uh, twitter space is built on right like everyone connecting through what's effectively just jpegs so it's uh it is different and i like it though i, I like it it's, it's like it's very wholesome to me and i think it's something that hopefully will outlast this sort of bad market condition uh bear market and i think it probably will go into it's got so much, like that in itself is a use case. People don't like to admit it, but I think, in my personal opinion, it's a use case having community building aspects. One hundred percent, and you know, like, there's been so many research studies about the important uh, importance of social support systems, and you can do a deep dive on into history, right? Of you know, communes and people trying to build around that connection right and humans need connection um and and research shows that that connection actually improves your life so i i understand exactly what you're saying when you talk about use case right because bringing being a part of something is is actually really good for you uh, whether it's a team or an organization or uh, an nft community right it, whatever the case may be is it, it it's good for you and it allows us to build healthy relationships and make genuine connections. So I, I wholeheartedly agree that it, it is a use case. And you know, at the end of the day, right? Yeah, you know, there's no Discord group for Lululemon. There's no, there's not a lot of companies in Web two that you see people, you know, 
making their profile picture on social media or buying merch from, right? It's because you don't really have that emotional connection. And I do think we're seeing a paradigm shift of that emotional connection being formed in Web3 where, you know, people understand the power as a consumer, as a user of supporting certain brands, right? You can look back in the last two decades where people started to stop supporting companies that probably offered the most competitive price point, right? But they didn't represent the values of the individual. People would rather spend more money and, and, and buy locally, or they would rather, you know, instead of going to a big corporation, support a small business, right? Even, even though it's more expensive. And it's because values play a role. And I think values also drive community in some capacity as well. Values and interests, of course. So, yeah, it's cool to see that paradigm shift in real time. And, and it's exciting. I think there's a lot of opportunities ahead. Yeah, and I think when you get that first brand that actually makes the successful step, let's imagine a company as big as Nike or Adidas, and they have instead it's got the community behind it of like, a board ape yacht club like the the power that that would have in like over a traditional web to uh just having an audience i think is immense like i think if that leap is made by anyone successfully they they will see and reap way more uh benefits as a brand doing that and i think that that you know their voice would spread further having effectively like it's it's it's, it's weird it's like uh it's like supporters of a football club almost i guess you could relate it to that uh, or soccer uh, for you but it's like people actually you know wholeheartedly behind a thing because like i buy clothes from brands and i'm not i'm not behind them like i'd swap <laughs> if i think a t-shirt looks nicer from someone else but if it was like a brand that i liked uh, like you mentioned super cute at the start i like them uh, then i would specifically go out to you know purchase their products or, or whatnot um and that's and that's yeah i'm just speaking on that i think that's uh, a thing we'll probably see in hopefully in the future um, but speaking of brands actually or, or building things i want to i want to ask you about the the things you're building so you've got well-beings and i'm scared about saying this one wrong synthetic synthetic synthetics am i saying that right syntax studio syntax syntax can you can you speak a bit about those because i wanted to ask you about well-beings i was looking at as well i think that that looks interesting to me. So if you could, yeah, talk on that a little bit and let me and the, the listeners know a bit about those. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with syntax because that is a little more simple, I think. Um, and well-beings is not more complex per se, but there's there's a lot more to it. So Syntax Studios is is a Web3 service agency. Um, my my two co-founders and business partners, Ash Robin and, and Simon, uh, we came together and we realized that just through our experiences alone, we uh, had the ability to build out a legitimate business and work with other brands and companies in this space. And, and notice how I didn't say NFT projects. Uh, we could talk a little more about that. But, but brands and businesses that are looking to build in Web3. And you know, I have the, the business background, Ash is very successful with marketing and, and content creation. And Simon is just an absolute whiz when it comes to uh, all things dev related. So we knew just between the three of us, we would be able to build a, a, a healthy business. We actually, and our contract just ended with Supercute, but um, you know we're, we're still working with them and, and doing a couple things in the background. Um, and that was a brand that it, it made sense to work with because like you said, we, we like the team, we like their values, we, we understood their vision. And really our mission statement is, is building a better Web3. 
right? That's what we want to do. We see a lot of fluff in this space, right? Uh, a lot of, hey, I have cool art and a smart contract and I know how to do retweet giveaways. So I'm going to build some hype and, and, and try and, you know, get people to spend their hard, hard earned money on this. But that to me is, is counterproductive to the space. So we have a, a pretty extensive vetting process of who we do work with. And yeah, our goal is to use our skills, experiences, perspectives, whatever you want to call it, maybe a combination of all of them to either helping a business or brand come to market or on the other side is, is really elevating them in, in a way that we think um, will help them you know, ultimately achieve their goals. So that's syntax. And I Can will I just quickly there. ask a question yeah. um, before you move. I, I just wanted to ask, so you said about uh, brands and businesses, not just like an NFT project. And I think you're hinting there, uh, you know, uh, you, is it use case you're looking for and like true, actually offering true uh, value and a, and a, a purpose. So like uh, we'll get, we'll use Supercute again as an example. They've got like uh, clothing brands and uh, they're running like cartoon things. They've got like loads of things in the pipe work, whereas some projects are solely just pictures and they don't seem to be doing anything. Is that like where you're drawing the line? Is that what you were sort of insinuating? Yeah, more or less. And when I when I say these things, right, it's it's coming from a place of love. I want this space to grow and mature and and get to the point that I think we all want. But you know, up until recently, right, we didn't see a lot of legitimate businesses and brands being built. We saw NFT projects. And I think the reason a lot of these projects are kind of you know, looking around saying, okay, where do we go from here is because they were being ran as, as NFT projects. Right. And that to me, I equate NFT projects with being reactive where you're looking at, you know, maybe metrics or data points that really don't necessarily support long-term growth. Right. You know, what's your engagement look like? What does your floor price look like? Right. And then you're making decisions off of that where, you know, you're, you're not running a business, you're, you're running a project. And that's very, very different. And, and it's important to delineate. You talked about SuperQ, right? Well, they have a brand identity, right? Their, their brand identity is, is education and children and animation. And, and to me, that is, is important, right? You are establishing yourself in a customer segment that does very well outside of this space. And, and then you're building on top of that. We start, we're starting to see customer segments form. Yuga and storytelling and, and gaming, right? Uh, doodles with media and animation. It, it's important that companies have a brand identity. But if you look outside of maybe the top five uh, brands in Web3, right? Kind of ask yourself, you know, what is their business model? What is their brand identity? And it, it makes you think, right? Where, you know, if you can establish yourself from the beginning as a business as a company, as a brand, I think you're positioning yourself a lot better. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think people wanted to just get what they were doing out into the world. And I understand that. But I think those who have kind of been silently building in the background and being patient and putting in that work, you know, we're going to see a lot of really great special things come to market in the next six months. I truly believe that. Yeah. And I think it's great for people like yourself to actually assist pushing forward the, the good ones and the, the projects and the companies that are actually taking the steps to, to effectively better the space and actually make something of it. Like there's so many th things where, you know, you can 
go to crypto tokens that are pump and dump so we can go to nft projects that have no use case but they're just a pretty picture which i mean there's potentially use case there but i mean in the long you know long term you can't just have hundreds of thousands of those you need you need you know the nft technology to be utilized in ways that are actually beneficial to people and help people with whatever it may be in whatever aspect of business or life that that is um, and i think it's good that you're you know working you're effectively working for the space at the same time as well as yourself you're pushing forward the space with stuff like that which is what i which is what i like um if you can go into uh, well-beings as well um and let you know tell me a bit about that um and yeah I, because that one again looks interesting to me yeah i am happy to talk about it that is my my honestly true passion um because it encompasses a lot of the values that um i i truly believe in and and i absolutely absolutely am ready to commit you know the next five ten plus 15 years of my life too. Um, yeah, Wellbeings is, is a lifestyle brand and tech company committed to inspire and empower individuals to become the best version of themselves, right? And the, the problem that we're looking to solve is right now, uh, all things wellness, uh, all things wellness related are more accessible than ever, right? Resources, um, uh, subject matter experts, tools, et cetera, you can go to your app store right now and there are tens of thousands of applications. You can go to the internet and, and, you know, read important articles, right? The list goes on yet studies are showing that we're trending in the opposite direction when it comes to our, our physical health, our mental health, our nutrition, sleep, the, the list goes on. So what we're looking to do is create an ecosystem where wellness and self-improvement is not only accessible, but um, we're looking to deliver legitimate tools, self-improvement tools, global partnerships, and quality content to our community uh, to create a results-driven experience that is sustainable and effective long-term. Uh, we're really looking to just essentially disrupt the intersection of technology and self-improvement. And we've done a lot of research on what works and what doesn't. And, and we're, our, our entire team is just obsessed with the idea of individuals making progress and, and delivering real value to, to those individuals. So it's been an exciting journey, but more or less, that's, that's what we're looking to do is, is you know, joining well-beings essentially equates to access to everything that we're building, our products, lifetime access uh, to our products, our tools, our partnerships, our content, and, and so on and so forth. And when it comes to you know, delivering uh, self-improvement tools and, and content to people. Do you know yet what that's sort of going to look like and what form that's going to take? Absolutely. Yeah. So our first product is that we're going to be shipping is called Proof of Wellness. And I'm a firm believer, right? You know, we talked about my background in the startup world. You couldn't go to a VC, right? Which is where you'd be asking for money unless you have an MVP, minimal viable product, or you know some sort of service or product readily available, right? That's just how that world works. If you don't have anything like that, you're very, very likely not going to be given any money. And I look at the Web3 space the same way, right? Where you see all these projects raising tens of millions of dollars, but they don't have anything readily available, right? And you know it's it's kind of you know why I think it's very hard to launch a product and or or a brand in this in this market because it's 
it's kind of backwards. That's what we saw in, in, in 2021 and 2022 to some extent. So proof of wellness is the first tool that we're going to be shipping. And essentially what that does is it bridges web two wellness data with web three brand identity. And what we want to do is create a seamless way to track your health data and work towards your fit, fit your fitness goals. And the proof of wellness is going to be monthly badges that could be claimed on chain uh, that will be tied to customized rewards for those that reg register for our, our proof of wellness product. And of course, owning our NFT would allow you to register. The process is super simple and requires almost no effort for the user, which actually I think makes us more competitive to other businesses outside of this space. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a, a little screenshot on our website of what that looks like, but essentially this is going to be our first product that makes physical fitness more collaborative in web three makes users more motivated uh, to take better care of themselves. And yeah, at the end of the day, uh, the idea of pairing, you know, your health data that already exists and, and, and is easy for us to, to kind of build off to, onto tying that to your Twitter name, your discord name, your 42 character Ethereum address, your, your PFP, right? Those are all important characteristics of who we are in web three. And we want to tie that to, to web two health data. And the last thing I'll say on it is, you know, if you have a goal to let's say have, you know, 30,000 steps in a month, right? If you meet that goal, you will, after claiming that badge, you will be eligible to, you know, pick your reward, right? And, and some of our partnerships, like Anytime Fitness or HelloFresh, you know, maybe that's one way, right? Without saying too much, um, you know, maybe that's 10 free meals from HelloFresh. Maybe it's a month free or a discount uh, at Anytime Fitness, right? It's, it's real world actual value that will be delivered based on these rewards. And, and all you have to do is take better care of yourself. That's, that's it. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. I like the sound of that. I was there, like nodding, smiling. I was like, "Okay, this is yeah, this is good." Because I was wondering where the because there's always in the back of my head with projects and and uh, companies and stuff is where the crossover is with Web two. Because in my head, for things to work well, you almost need like Web. Uh, I said it before, like Web two point five. You need like that middle ground between Web two and Web three. You want like the technology of Web three, but incorporated into things that people use daily now and i love the idea of badges uh, i know certain things use badges as a as a tracking method anyway but attaching reward system to that is 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 big for like human beings in general um just it's like dopamine hits right the reward system is a is a great thing i like the, I like the sound of that and also the, another benefit and, and sort of going back to what we said previously about communities being built around uh, you know these sorts of this sort of community we have around nfts and stuff having a community like that with a project like what you're describing the accountability sort of let's put it this way in web 2 you get accountability partners right for fitness people say you know be account hold yourself accountable to someone well you've got like a community there and you can use utilize that to sort of support each other at the same time which i like like other people who would be using your product are going to be i should you know most likely communicating with others using it and therefore motivating them, willing them on. And you don't feel like you're alone, which is a big thing when it comes to fitness. And that is quite hard if you're doing it alone, having done it. It can be difficult if you don't have anyone to do it with. So I love the sound of that. And that sounds very good to me. And so I'm going to be following what you're doing.
um, with that because that that is something that I would be also interested myself so maybe we'll have to um get the project on for an episode and talk deeper into that uh, i don't want to don't wanna, how, can i ask you danny how long have you got actually i don't want to overstep your time i i got time yeah i i have to be somewhere in a couple hours but i'm i'm loving the conversation and yeah. and whenever you want to wrap it up that's when we can wrap it up great well i think what's best is we'll uh, i've got i've got time as well but what we're going to do i think i want to save that properly in depth about this maybe for its own thing because i, I actually really like what you're describing there um, and i'm going to do some more research into it myself after this um more deeply because it i i do like that it does sound good to me uh, there's, there's certain things that i hear and i'm like okay i do like this one and super cute is pretty much the only one i've had um there's been a couple more but this is possibly now <laughs> what, what i'm liking um so let me ask you, actually, I really want to ask you this, your personal brand. I want to ask you how you've sort of gone about growing that, because obviously you're sat on about 25K followers, which is pretty, pretty huge. Um, how have you gone about doing that? And is there any tips you could give uh, for someone like myself or someone listening who maybe wants to grow their following more so um, to help them, you know, with whatever they want to be achieving in this space? So truthfully, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this question uh, because I am not great at tweeting and I understand the importance of it. My One of my co-founders, Ash Robin, he literally has been on my ass this last week that I need to tweet more um, and I, I, I'm going to, but that's not really how I built my brand. I, I built my brand by networking, to be quite frank. Um, a lot of the opportunities I described over, you know, the duration of our conversation um, has been uh, have been able to present me in a position where, you know, people have, you know, followed me because I've talked on spaces, I've reached out to them in DMs. But the the way uh, the piece of advice that I would give, honestly, is to speak on spaces. And I know that is a overwhelming thought for certain people. I will tell you right off the bat that I still to this day write notes if I'm going onto a space that, you know, maybe is out of my comfort zone and I am not like used to just joining up on, but I have probably just through joining the right spaces have been able to, you know, accumulate quote unquote, um, you know, over 10,000 followers. And I, I do not tweet a lot. I don't GM. I, I need to. I need to do all those things. But um, I have honestly just been able to put myself in a position where I've been able to just connect with others. If you go on a space and maybe you ask a really great question or you bring uh, uh, an interesting perspective to the idea or topic that's being discussed, people will follow you. If you reach out to people in DMs and connect with them and you know maybe you reach out to 10 people a day or, or five people a week, right? Whatever the, the case may be is, you know, that's, that's a very great way to, to, to build up your followers. So uh, that would be my advice. I used to do more threads and I used to, um, you know, be a little more active, but I've been very busy and I haven't really cut out the amount of time that I need to. But yeah, my, my honest self is, my honest advice is just put yourself out there and the opportunities will come. I know it, it can be see, be seen as intimidating and, and it is, but at the same time, it's a great way to grow. And if you want to 
you know, have your artwork reach more people, or if you want to, you know, have your, your business, uh, you know, increase brand awareness, right? It starts with a personal brand and you can look at the most successful brands in web three, right? Look at D gods and Utes or, or put Luca and pudgy penguins, right? I mean, the founders of those two brands and companies, their personal brands are extremely well known. And that's because they do go on spaces. They, they do, you know, tweet out, you know, their thoughts and ideas and, and, and things like that. It's very important. So yeah, I guess that's my, that's my take. Yeah. I've been thinking to myself about spaces recently. So I think the time of threads and stuff is still, is still for some people is obviously uh, provides a lot of value and also a lot of engagement. But I think starting doing threads is it seems quite uh the, the market seems quite washed out with with threads and you have to be very good at writing them i think and very consistent whereas spaces you can just hop in and you can just start speaking to people people you've never spoken to before as uh scary as it does seem and there's there's definitely days where like myself i don't, I don't hop in loads i do go in a few but it is always a little bit nerve wracking, even if I know the people it's, it's strange. I don't know. I think this is, this harkens back to what I said earlier about like having some sort of underlying anxiety from like younger days, but I do try and push myself. And I think that is something that people need to do listening. If they are considering hopping in spaces uh, and they're nervous, I think you've just got to push yourself to do it because some of the, some of the connections I've made through like, well, look what we're doing now. Like, I've, you know, this is effectively through some spaces um, and, and me, you know, getting to know mutual people that know you, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's how I've now landed up, you know, speaking to you, which is, and then this is like a, a connection we've made. So this is why I like doing this podcast, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, and it also links to the fact that everyone, you know, it's quite easy to be intimidated, but there's a human being behind everyone's profile picture. Like, you know, you might be having, you know, I'm speaking to Danny, he's got, he's rocking a, a bored ape right now. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, that's a very expensive JPEG. I'm a bit intimidated, but you know, he's a cool guy and it's just a person. And it's, it's, it's easy on Twitter to, uh, to sort of get overwhelmed, I think, and, and maybe forget that there is someone just like you on the other side of that. Yeah. I, I just want to piggyback off that because I love the concept of behind the JPEG. Uh, to me, that's like my favorite name of a podcast or, or just anything content related because it's so important in this space Right. And I'm just coming off the heels of NFT NYC. Right. I did not hear one fucking person, you know, roast someone for the NFTs they've bought or try to tear someone down because of their content or, you know, what they said on a space. There was no negativity whatsoever in NFT NYC. And you want to know why? It's because Twitter is not real life and there are people behind these JPEGs. And I think it's easier naturally right just from a human behavior perspective to be less empathetic of someone when you're on social media but truthfully you know we are all just people and here's the most important advice or a, a feedback that i can give to anyone is no one has any idea what the fuck they're doing no one anyone who pretends they're an expert in web3 how can you be an expert on something that's been barely around right like it it, it don't be intimidated at the idea that, you know, there's all these people that are smarter than you. And, and you know, this person has a crypto punk or a bored ape, so they must know what they're doing wrong. Not true at all. It's 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 not <laughs> it's not a one to one apples to apples scenario 
by any means. And I promise you, no one has any idea what they're doing. I, I actually would prefer to, to align myself with people who are, are open and honest and, and talk about, you know, the mistakes they've made or, you know, things that they're trying to learn on because the people that pretend to know, like they have everything figured out, um, from my experience are usually the ones that are building things on top of smoke and mirrors. So yeah, I, I, that doesn't mean don't surround yourself with people who are intelligent. There are very intelligent people in this space. And I always say, you know, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. And I, I still, I still, you know, hold truth to that statement, but yeah, it, it I, I just wanted to give you your flowers because what you're doing is awesome. I love the idea of these open, transparent conversations. I love the idea of, um, human like humanifying right like like really uh validating the person's existence beyond their their jpeg because right jpegs are just jpegs but you know people are what drive this space not not the the silly little monkey pictures or the pixelated punks um it's the people so yeah i just want to again give you a, a quick shout out there <laughs> thank you for that yeah it, it yeah you've summed up very very nicely there and it's uh well as well just saying you know no one knows what they're doing i i agree uh, i think with that you know what is important is if you enjoy what you're doing it doesn't necessarily you know you don't need to know what you're doing so like with this i enjoy speaking to people it puts me outside my comfort zone a little bit but i enjoy that and i enjoy getting to know people Therefore, I'm doing it. And like this, you know, some people will be seeing this and be like, okay, I'll, you know, for example, our live listeners is, is low. I, I failed and they'll stop and they'll just quit. I just quite like doing it. And therefore, I'm going to consistently do it. And I think consistency is what's important. If you enjoy doing something, you know, um, just keep doing it, keep plodding along. And eventually, you may reap some sort of reward from it. But the reward really should come from just the enjoyment of doing it. And, and 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 I enjoy putting these together and it's I find it fun. So therefore, you know, I'm doing it. And actually I want to speak as well on another thing that you said about um get, getting roasted for PFPs. Like I don't even have an NFT profile picture and I've never been roasted, except for one banterous time that you know we, I was I actually roasted him first. <laughs> but um no, in, in in all honesty, no, no one's ever roasted me for not even having an NFT as a profile picture, but being in the community of it. Um and no one's ever roasted my content that I've made, you know. I've, I put out shorts and stuff. I'm just playing with it. I'm trying to improve, but no one's ever said anything bad. So like, and I haven't really seen anyone ever, you know, if someone's written a thread and it's taken them a day, I've never seen anyone comment saying, oh, bro, this is a shit thread. What are you doing? I've never seen that. And if someone did comment that, I can almost guarantee that the, the people in this space will not would not have it. People in this community would just shut them down instantly. Um, there's been a bit of negativity actually in the last few days, which we, I won't go into what it is, but I've seen it. And, and and the response from people in general is huge. And yeah, people are very good in this space at shutting down effectively bullshit. That's um, the only way I can put it. And it's, uh, but it's good to see. And it's like creates a safer space for everyone in general. But I appreciate you, um, yeah, your kind words actually. Um, and I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it, it's, it's nice. It makes, it wills me on to uh, keep doing these as well. It's, it is good fun. I, I just like speaking to people. It's quite chill. And it's like outside of this, would there have been a reason for me to speak to you one-on-one? -on -one? I mean, maybe not because I'm not maybe doing something that you're doing, but the fact that we can have this conversation and then, you know, in future, if I ever come over to <laughs> NFT NYC or something, maybe we can link up and say hello in person. And that's why I like this. Um, and at the same time, your audience gets to hear 
the human behind your JPEG. They may have only heard once or twice on a space. They may have only read your tweet. It's good. Yeah, it's important. These conversations are important. And you said a couple of things. I'll, I'll try and be brief, right? The first one was, you know, not having an NFT as a profile picture. You're, you're you know, uh, a podcast uh, host and, and owner and a content creator, right? Some of my favorite creators in this space, uh, Gentle Tornado, he uses his own face as a uh, PFP. K-Money uses his, like, custom punk that you know i i don't think is part of like a real collection leap uses like a 50 dollars potato that i don't know if anyone even knows what collection that's from right so it, it shows that your pfp doesn't you know you don't need that expensive pfp to be successful in this space you don't need to you know quote unquote flex on on people that you know, you, you probably don't even know most of them, right? So I, I think if you can focus on doing what you love, which is exactly what you said, as well as just improving your craft, whatever your craft is, business, content creation, uh, being an artist, right? Just just focus on being a little bit better than you were yesterday, then, then things will fall into place. But you, you just have to refocus on the things that are actually important. And then yeah, I, I I hope we get to, to meet. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to be going to NFT London this year, but if if I do, then we will 100% be be hanging out and, and having a drink together or grabbing a bite to eat, whatever uh, whatever your preference is. And yeah, it, it's these conversations are my favorite thing about this space. I truly do love it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you're doing this because it's important. And it, I think, allows us to learn more about people that are doing really great things. And, you know, I, I told you, I, I listened to some of your podcast episodes before this, but there were some ones that there were people I didn't even recognize. And I was like, okay, well, you know, if, if he had Super Cute on and he had Sansa on and Shiv, you know, those are all groups or individuals that I respect, then I'm probably more likely and inclined to, you know, listen to the other ones, right? Because I, I trust your judgment. So yeah, I, I think it's just this natural ripple effect that we have. And I, yeah, I think that what you're doing as a content creator is super important. And I'm excited to follow your growth and journey as well. Yeah, thank you so much. Hopefully the, the growth continues. It's hard. Uh, it is hard. I've, I've sort of stepped into the, uh, the zone of, so I started doing shorts and posting them onto Twitter uh, here and there. I've tried to step it up now and I put it on uh, TikTok and YouTube shorts, uh, Instagram reels as well. Um, and I actually did make a couple YouTube videos before this. I literally made like four, two of which I'll describe as being terrible and two of which I'll describe as being good. Um, and, and I kind of like slowed down on that. So I'm like thinking about, okay, I might expand my personal brand as and go back to doing some YouTube videos and talking about these subjects that I like, but getting the eyes on, on, and I guess the ears on the podcast is always the hardest thing. Um, and, but hopefully as, as time goes on, um, you know, that improves. Do, do you have any, like, I, I don't know if you do, um, but any, would you say there's anything that, you know, have you known anyone to do a podcast before and known what they've done? Or is this something sort of completely alien to you when it comes to like advertisement um, for this sort of thing? Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is I am not a content creator. So take anything I say with a grain of salt. 
Um, I will say that I know people with 50,000 plus followers that are content creators that are struggling to get views and reach, you know, larger audiences uh, with their content. So I think it's kind of just important to acknowledge that where, you know, it, it, content creation comes in waves, right? And until you kind of like reach that extremely high level where everything you do like is going to amass crazy amounts of numbers, which takes a lot of time and energy and, and hard work, um, it, it, it is a, a roller coaster to, to say the least. So I just wanted to kind of start with that. But um, I think understanding who your audience is, is super important. Um, you know, who wants to listen to your spaces, right? Who wants to listen to your podcast, right? Like what, what's your identity? And I think becoming obsessed with reaching those users or sorry, not users. Uh, that's where my brain goes. Reaching those audience members is really what I, I, I talk to a lot of other content creators about because, you know, if you don't know who that is and how you can reach them, it's going to become very challenging to grow. Um, it's the same thing with business, right? Where if you don't know where your users live and what those ch sales channels are, then it's going to get, it's going to be very challenging to get them to buy the product. So um, yeah, uh, just obsess over your, your audience and create an emotional connection with them. That's what I think GT does such an incredible job with is he's built genuine, real emotional connections with his community right and that community is the people that consume this content so yeah that's i guess the only thing i would speak on yeah no it's it's it's, it's good um and it's just, i think it's something that i'm learning as i go and also i suppose not fully decided on whether to uh, remain as just speaking to uh, web three people but a big part of me wants to just speak to well, and anyone I find interesting, which I think is probably the best route to go, because like we said earlier, if it's someone, uh, you know, that's passionate about something that I like, uh, or whatever it may be, that's something that I find interesting, it's probably best for me to speak to them rather than someone who I feel fits a niche that I may be less interested in, I guess, not saying I'm not interested in Web3, obviously, I'm very interested in it. But, um, you know, whether it be something completely different, like gardening, or like, I don't know, uh, you know, anything, history, whatever, um, all these things. And I think that's uh, a thing that will come with time. I think it's like, and this harkens back to consistency, I guess. You, you hit the nail on the fucking head, because think about it, right? How many people are showing up to Web3 Twitter every single day? I, I don't have the numbers, right? But uh, there's not a substantial amount of people here, right? And if you're creating content for just Web3 uh, audience members or participants or inhabitants, whatever the case may be is, then you have to compete with a lot of other people that are doing it. And, and you have to you know, basically produce top tier content or be very good at marketing or production or, or, you know, or maybe all of them, right? But if you can cover a topic that, you know, is applicable to people, regardless of whether they're in Web 2 or Web 3, then you're you're doubling, tripling, 10xing, 100xing your potential audience. And, and you know, we talk about Super Cute, right, where if they're building animations that are, you know, high quality and, and you know, parents say, you know, I'd love for my kids to watch this and, and or whatever or consume, right? then you're you're not just targeting parents in the nft space you're just 
targeting parents, right? And and I think uh, there's there's a guy. Uh, his name's Mo Hayek. I, I don't. We follow each other. I don't know him too well, but I listened to his his YouTube videos uh, a couple times in the last month, and he he hosts people that really aren't even Web three centric. They're just respected thought leaders, and he has like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And I think on Twitter, he has maybe like less than 4,000 followers. And he's like one of the most successful content creators in Web3. But yeah, it's, it's, that's what we try, we're trying to do with well-beings is we're trying to create an experience that once we move out our first phase of six to 12 months in our development cycle post-launch, we're, we're going to be focusing on, on getting people to use our products outside of this space. And they're going to be using NFT technology and have no fucking idea, right? Starbucks did it. There's a lot of other companies that are doing it. That's, to me, the next wave of mass adoption is people using NFT technology and not even realizing it's not going to be people joining our Twitter spaces. So I know I went on a little bit of a, a tangent there, but I, I, yeah, I just want to share that. No, you're, you're making some very valid points. And it, this is what I like, because obviously I said earlier about the bridging of Web 3 and Web uh, 2, but... I think that that needs to be done in content creation as well. So that's where my mind goes when it comes to my podcast and the idea of speaking to someone completely off, uh, you know, nothing to do with Web3 because the potential is still there that listeners to that who may like whatever the subject is may check back like you did. Basically, you looked around and, oh, maybe I like this one with this person. Um, and it effectively allows the, the, the ability is there for someone new to discover Web3 through, um, I guess, content that they should trust if they've been following it for a while or listening to me for a while or whoever it may be. Um, and yeah, I think that's also like a benefit. Like it, I, I suppose it could have an undertone uh, of Web3 theme, but, and, and, and it's always there for people to then find. And then at the same time, I can then pursue my passions at the, you know, with the podcast at the same rate. I mean, you, all you got to do is look at someone like, obviously, uh, there's people have their own opinions on Joe Rogan, but he's hosts the biggest podcast, right? So you have to say that, for example, Joe Rogan started interviewing, I'm pretty sure he just interviewed MMA fighters, uh, or his friends or comedians or something, basically. And that was it for ages. And he's on you know, thousands of episodes, but he now speaks to all sorts of people. Like if you have any kind of, you know, interest, you probably find that the main person in that subject area has probably been on that show. Um, and that's then, you know, through that, I'm sure they've found other people on that show and then gone into different niches. So that's kind of the idea that I have, uh, but in regards to uh, Web3, but we'll, we'll put a pin in that anyway. And because uh, I really want to ask you this, um, it's been it's been niggling me uh, recently in the last sort of week. And that is, it's a complete change of subject, by the way. Um, but Blue Sky, the, the app, um, Jack Dorsey, are you on it are you are you bullish on that or what are your thoughts on it if if you have any i am not on it i don't have i i truthfully just don't have many thoughts um i won't pretend to to tell you that i've done my research and all this other stuff i i've seen people get excited that they're accepted i think from a marketing standpoint right like having something that's exclusive makes sense you know the 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 team behind it right obviously pretty well known um it'll be interesting to see how it pans out i the idea of getting people to transition from something that they've used for over a decade potentially is is very challenging. So is it going to be successful? Is it going to be maybe niche for like artists and creators? I don't know. Um, but I, I am going to, when I have 
some more free time, I am going to do a deeper dive. I, I would love to hear your thoughts if you've uh, if you've made it over to that app and and you know what what uh, your experience has been. Yeah, sure. Um, so my thoughts on it, and I, I am on it as of very recently. I got I got given a code for uh, some time this week, only probably three or four days. And there's one benefit sticks out to me right now, and this is obviously not what the app is designed for. But right now, people who are following me on there and who I'm following, uh, is not many people, it's about under 100 people. But like some of them have the big, like really big accounts on here. And obviously on there, there's no noise. So like if you see um, you know, any, anyone, uh, like Minister of NFTs or someone, you know, they normally post something, hundreds of comments, and you're just sort of lost in the noise. Over there, you can comment, and there's like three people. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is almost a way that you could reach out to certain people in the early stages, I think, and maybe see a benefit of um, you know communicating with people who would otherwise not of any of their own doing, but they just might miss your message or they might miss your uh, comment or whatnot. Uh, so that's a benefit I see of that right now. But as an app itself, uh, it does seem a bit like just a bare bones version of Twitter. You can't. There's no like hashtags. Um, from what I've seen, there's not really any way of discovering content as such. You sort of like, from what I've seen, you just sort of follow people, and if they like it a lot, you can appear on like the trending sort of page. But uh, I mean, posts that I see on there have like 40 likes, so it's not not a very big um, amount of, uh, I guess, you know, engagement needed to be on that page. Um, it's very strange. It, it does just seem like. I don't know. It does just seem like someone just made it, uh, made a fake Twitter. It, it definitely needs things adding to it um, for it to stick. It won't stick how it is now, in my opinion, because there's nothing, there's no discoverability there. Like you discover, the only way I've discovered people really um, in my limited time of using it is by looking at people who I know and who they're following on that app. And I think that's sort of how everyone's found themselves on there. So, but I should imagine it will probably get updates as it goes. I think the idea of a decentralized social media platform is good. I haven't looked into uh, the stuff behind it and how it works properly, so I don't know. But it seems okay. I'm I, I'm more of the mindset of I'm going to go on it and I'm going to go and you know try and post on it a bit and grow my account there in case it does end up getting big. Because I think I put a, a well, I was going to say I put a tweet out. I didn't. I put a post out i don't know what they're called there i put out a sky <laughs> on blue sky and uh it was something like i think they have under twenty five thousand users whereas twitter has like 200 and something million it's i mean it's probably more than that um so the growth potential is big but yeah as for the app it definitely does need some work and some stuff doing i i, I would say um but off, off, off of that topic now, Danny, because if you don't have any thoughts, I, I don't have many either. I was curious because I'd seen it popping up everywhere, people talking about it recently. Um, I wanted to ask you, so obviously mental health is a big thing. You're a big advocate of that. Um, I, I would like to know, and you know, obviously only let, tell me what you want to tell me, but is there a story behind why you're so big on mental health? Uh, you know, is, is there a reason why you're, that's like your thing? Yeah, I I think everyone has a story, um, and you know, in life, right? If certain things affect us, you have a tendency, just as a human, to become more drawn to it, right? If 
you know someone who was a victim of gun violence or um, if you know someone who cha- you know uh, battled depression right it, you you have that emotional connection to it and um, you know it's my entire life I've been surrounded by people that have been faced with mental health obstacles and struggles and there came a point where you know after losing friends family members classmates teammates uh just so many people in my life uh a switch kind of just flicked where i was like i need to dedicate the rest of my life to doing this in order to mitigate or minimize or eliminate the struggles of others, whether I know you or not. Um, I just want to have an impact. And yeah, life is fucking brutal. It's messy. It's hard. It's challenging. It's not easy. Um, but if I can help someone in some way uh, move past an obstacle or uh, have an easier time the next time they they are experiencing a setback to me that that's purpose that's success that's what it's all about and yeah that's why i'm building something around that because i truly believe that you know with my experience and the technology with within this space and the technology that exists in the world um that there's a lot of opportunities to do that so yeah it's been it's been an interesting journey but you know we can't can't change the past can only you know, learn and grow from it. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do. And that's why I'm, I'm very passionate about mental health. Yeah. And I think it's someone, uh, it's something that someone can, you know, everyone can relate to in a way uh, in terms of their own struggles or having known someone, I think it's very prevalent in this day and age in some, you know, to know someone or to yourself have um, whatever issue it may be when it comes to mental, mental health and, yeah, I think it's a very valid cause, you know, to to be doing something for. Uh, do you have a is, what? What do you do to to like better your mental health? Do you, do you meditate? Do you do anything like that? Are you or are you, you know, do you have any anything you do that you would recommend to people? There's there's a a pretty substantial list of of things. I I'm a firm believer of small steps, big impact. So there are certain concepts right like the idea of meditation i want to meditate i've tried to do it and then you know maybe i do one or two days and and then i stop right and i fall and i i you know we'll try again in a month right and and i realized for me right that's something i need to work up to um so i try to figure out you know what is the behavior that i'm trying to fix and one of the things I struggle with is sleep. So every single night for the last six months, um, instead of scrolling on my phone, whether it be Twitter or TikTok or Instagram or watching Netflix, I, I read. I read about 10 to 15 pages. And that helps me kind of just decompose and, and, and relax uh, after a long day. And that's just kind of one tip that's been super helpful for me. Maybe not everyone, um, but it's not a one-size-fits-all. I, I truly believe if there's something that you want to fix, understand you know, what behaviors are contributing to it, what patterns are you know, kind of reinforcing that behavior, 
and just just take small steps if if you're gonna try and you know just become a new person in one day i promise you it will be a very difficult journey just uh, just keep reminding yourself small steps big impact and yeah that's my that's my advice yeah the uh, the reading thing is something that i really want to try and do i <laughs> i feel like i buy books and don't read them very often <laughs> so i feel like reading before bed is something that i really need to get into because i'm literally sat right now at my desk i'm looking out into the room and there's two bookshelves there and if i counted all the books on there that i've read versus the ones that i haven't i'm fairly certain i've i don't even know if i've read two of them <laughs> well, well, well let me let me ask you this what kind of books are they um well here, here can i guess are you going to recommend reading fiction versus non-fiction if you, from my experience, yes, I am because I, I've tried to like get all these like self improvement books and like, you know, learn about business and become this fucking guru where I I know everything and then I read like fifteen pages. I'm like, it sucks. I'm so bored. So I I incorporated a new strategy where I read a book that I will love. Um, I read Tom Segura. He's like a stand up comedian. I read his book. Uh, then I read a self-improvement book called The Happy Disadvantage. Then I read um, Dune, which is fiction. And then I read um, a book of uh, the Atomic Habit, right? It's like you bounce back and forth and I think it becomes much easier. But I also like in between all of those have like bought books, read the first 30, 50, 100 pages. And then I, I just stopped reading them. Like I don't, I don't force myself to read it because then I stop enjoying it. And, and, and then I just have books collecting dust. So that's just a little piece of advice because it took me a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought this to myself, uh, if I'm going to read, you know, self-help, uh, business books, I, I should probably do it in the day because, you know, when you get into bed and you're feeling a bit, a little bit tired, if you start, I find, if, you know, about me, I'm going to say, if I start reading these sorts of things, I, you know, get a few pages in and then I find myself just, my brain can't take in you know, because a lot of these books are full of inf quite heavy information. Whereas if I'm reading, like, I've got like uh, Lord of the Rings books over there. I, I really like Lord of the Rings. Um, stuff like that, maybe not the actual Lord of the Rings books, they are pretty heavy as well. But these are like, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, whatever. One's relating to it. That information isn't necessary. Like, it doesn't have to remain in your head. So I feel like it goes in. You're, you know, it's easier to read um, and it's easier to read at night. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of self-help books here. I mean, there's like Tony Robbins, Gary V, <laughs> blockchain books. Uh, there's loads of stuff here, uh, autobiography, stuff like that. But then there's also books that I really want to read, like um, there's The Chariot of the Gods uh, by Eric Von Daniken, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that guy, but um, it's all about like the theory of ancient civilizations and stuff. And I, I just like that stuff. I know some people might think it's bogus. Some people might not, whatever. I just don't find it interesting. And like, I feel like I could read that at bedtime because that's sort of uh, easier reading than something telling you how to like better your life or this is all all the blockchain book which i'm not going to be reading at night because my brain barely understands it in the day so you know um there 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 is there is definitely good and bad choices but i, I do need to do that I'll, I'll update you so this is the thing you could uh your proof of wellness you're speaking about with your with your project um could it could incorporate like a reading style thing with badges where you you know put in stuff like how many pages you read etc cetera, etc cetera. i think that would be and I'm, I'm sure you've already thought of that <laughs> yeah it's part it's, it's part of the plan <laughs> nice but that's that's good see like that's 
some value that I would find from something like that. That's why I find uh, the idea of it is is a good idea. Um, now, we, before we, I ask you a couple of things about crypto itself and NFTs. Um, I just want to know, you know, have you got any specific goals for this year, or is there anything else you're working on that you, you want to speak about in relation to to this, or um, you know? Yeah, basically, if you've got any other goals. I have a long list of goals. Um, I got about 10 goals, but I will tell you my first goal, and that is to fall up. So I just actually finished reading a book called The Happiness Advantage. Highly recommend it if uh, you are looking for books that are self-help but also kind of captivating and, and easy to read. Um, and, yeah, the concept of falling up is is – simply acknowledging and understanding that you will fail you will take steps backwards you will you know have your setbacks and 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 obstacles and and all of those things right those are inevitable a lot of the times it's going to be things that you can't control but if you can wrap your head around the ideology of falling up right where you know you learn from these you grow you 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 know you truly understand what happened and what you can do differently the next time or you use those failures to your advantage right i mean to me that is my goal is i i know things are not going to go as i planned this year they never do um they might come close right hopefully they do but my goal is is to take all the failures and and that I experience from from now until December thirty first and and use them as as an advantage and and become even better. So yeah, that's my my top goal this year. Yeah, and it's a good goal because obviously it encompasses basically yeah just learning from your mistakes or or even I guess uh, your success. And it, yeah, that's a good goal. It's also one of those ones where it's like. It's good because it's not a set goal in terms of like, I want this. It's like a, a thing you can actively uh, incorporate. And that's what I, I don't know what you describe them as, but I, I like the uh, idea of things where you, it's sort of like, instead of saying I'm going to lose weight, I think I've spoken about this before, but instead of saying I'm going to lose 10 pounds, you're saying, okay, I'm just going to eat this health, like healthier and this year instead of like focusing on a determined uh, like location where you want to end up. Um, I like those sorts of things. Now, uh, now, Danny, I want to ask you about your PFP. So, the board ape, is this PFP your forever PFP? Is what I want to know. It is not. No. Um, in fact, uh, once Wellbeing launches, I will be rocking my forever PFP. So. Yeah, I, I haven't made the change just yet. I, I plan on doing it when we get a little closer to launch. But now me and uh me and old uh old blue blue monkey JPEG with a beanie on, uh we've had a hell of a run and I've I've enjoyed it. I it will be an adjustment for me. Yeah, I've like changed my PFP in, in Slack, which is just what we use with the team, and it's still uh, I'm still adjusting to it. But now once once uh once we go live with well-beings, uh, I was uh, fortunate. The artist made a one-on-one for me, so that will be my my forever PFP going forward. I can't wait to see it. Uh, that, I assume it's uh, hidden. No one's seen it yet, but you, or is, or is it out there? It's it's not out there, um, but I I love it. I am going to happily rock it for for all of eternity and. 
yeah, I I am a big fan. So it'll it'll be brought to the world soon enough, maybe uh, within the next month. Well, I can't wait because then I'm going to have to change the uh, episode <laughs> thumbnail as soon as you do that because it'll be. I had to do that with Sansa as well. I literally did his, and then like a month or two later, he had a Mizuki, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna. I don't even know if I have changed it, actually. I, I think I was going to. Um, maybe I didn't in the end. Oh, I should probably look at that. But yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, just trying to give you, just trying to give you a little extra work. <laughs> it's all right. It's fine. I'll, I'll I'll probably do it at some point. Hope maybe I'll change it before it goes out. I think this will go out in a couple of weeks, so you never know. But uh, I want to ask you as well. Do you invest in anything else outside of crypto and NFTs? Are you, you know, are you into stocks or anything like that, or maybe even like physical items? My investment strategy outside of this space is so boring. Um, it's a lot of uh, Roth IRAs, mutual index funds. Um, yeah, it's not very exciting stuff. I don't know if anyone would would be too interested in that. But um, yeah, I, I'm like, <laughs> it's like a fine line between like my responsible financial decisions and my very irresponsible financial decisions. Like last night, uh, there was a, a boxing match between uh, Ryan Ryan Garcia and Tank. I don't know if anyone watches that, but uh, yeah, a couple of days before that fight, I I like boxing a lot. I haven't watched as much as I, I used to, but I just like had this feeling that uh, Tank was going to win in the seventh round. So I made a bet on DraftKings. I just put eighty dollars on that and wasn't even like watching the fight. I was talking to my buddy on the phone. I stepped away. And he's like, hey, didn't you make a bet that Tank would win in the eighth, seventh round? And I was like, yep. And he's like, all right, well, that just happened. And I won $1,000. And yeah, that is kind of like my existence is like financial, responsible financial decisions. And then also just degenerate gambling, which, you know, is kind of, I guess, everyone's strategy in the NFT space. So uh, yeah, it's uh, a, <laughs> it's a, uh, it's nothing in between. There's no like semi-responsible. It's just degenerate or like your grandpa's investment strategy that's the best of both worlds isn't it it's like high risk low risk uh fun and incredibly boring i i agree i find the crypto and nft side of my investment is fun and then i just do like a uh well in the uk i don't know if you've got ices there but it's like you just put your money it's basically index funds uh boring standard but you know kind of necessary i suppose it's like a backup i guess or like a it's like a safety net that's how i think about it anyway i think the same about like pensions and stuff as well but i don't know i'll just do it I, I just love investing my money like i'd rather invest my money than buy like i've never really smoked or, or drunk much you know or like i've never been that into buying shoes and stuff so i don't know i just like i like buying things that could make me more money even if it is at the time something i think could make me more and then i lose it all I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It's fun, though. I like it. Um, now, can I get your thoughts, actually? I want to get your thoughts on the future of, like, crypto and NFTs, you know. Obviously, you're creating projects uh, and companies that use the technology, so I'm assuming you're bullish on it. But what's your thoughts on the sort of rules and regulations? Uh, and also, I suppose, quite relevant, uh, the banking systems, you know, the US dollars looking a little bit shaky. Um, what's your thoughts on all of this uh, and how it relates to the future of this space? I can tell you that whatever I think is definitely not going to happen. And I feel like that probably applies for, for most of us was like, we have this idea of like what web three and crypto and a lot of the technology are, we're using like will or could look like, but 
like what it actually looks like, who, who the hell knows? Um, I will say that the banking system is brutal. I, I had a register uh our business a couple months ago and that was a fucking nightmare it took me like three weeks to get an appointment and then i sat there like two hours late right like just like the ideology of like a middleman and a lot of our systems is just non-value add uh which you know as i kind of just view it as like from a process perspective it, it doesn't make sense um having self-sovereignty governance transparent ledgers in the internet as well as with finance uh, we haven't really heard too much about DeFi, or i guess depending on the circles you're in maybe you stopped hearing about it but decentralized finance is here to stay 100 percent. it's not going anywhere it's there's there's plenty of proven use cases for it now that doesn't mean we won't see another company maybe fail like FTX because you know people have a tendency of being greedy and making mistakes unfortunately but i i truly believe that as we evolve and the markets mature the people's mature the technology matures all these things happening in parallel i do think we see a world where it it becomes easy as easy as you know swiping your your credit or debit card as it is to use uh, cryptocurrency, the concept of having to create a wallet and then keep track of this like you know like twelve word seed phrase and then swap to a different cryptocurrency depending on what blockchain like that is all gonna happen in the background. like it it will be so easy. It's not gonna it's it's starting to happen now, but um, there will be a lot of people that realize the importance of controlling your assets, right? And it's kind of like what I talked about a little earlier, right? Like you sometimes we don't need know we need something until we experience how ineffective and bad what we have currently used actually is, right? And it's like, you know, when you go to your bank and they tell you, you know, hey, we can't give you all your money because of XYZ. Well, then you're going to be like, oh, shit, you know, maybe I should have made fun of the really annoying crypto kid on TikTok, right? Like these things will happen. Um, it's just, again, uh, it's just about things progressing naturally and, and over time. Yeah. And in relation to, to, I mean, like rules and regs and stuff, there was a point when I thought if the U.S banned crypto or whatever uh, that it would be the end of the world but i'm actually like slightly changing my mind now because there's a lot of there's a lot of countries who are utilizing blockchain and uh, and effectively cryptocurrency style technology or admittedly a lot of it's cbdc's which i don't think is a good thing for the general person uh, but uh, other you know countries uh, well europe recently uh, did regulation for crypto i don't know the full details but yeah, you know, is a vast difference there compared to America, who you know can't get their their heads out of their asses and decide, you know, what's a security, what's a commodity. You know, you got Gary Gensler over there being just a knob. So uh, that sort of thing is what I think is actually going to cost America if they don't sort that out, um, as opposed to be a thing that could then end the industry if they decided to make a bad decision about it. Because I, I think, yeah, 
like I do think it is here to stay, at least the technology, uh, you know, certain tokens and coins and projects. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that could, some of those could fall, all of them could go, you never know, but, uh, the technology itself, there's no reason it shouldn't stay because it just makes things more secure or, or faster or how, whatever it may be cheaper. Um, but it's an interesting conversation to have, but I, I, it's one of the sort of conversation we can't really speak on because it's not, like we gotta to wait to see what happens, uh, and it's all sort of speculation until that point. Um, yeah. But it's, I, it's, oh no, yeah. Continue, continue. I'm sorry. I just, I just wanted to say because I 100 percent agree with you. Going back to my original point of no one knowing what the fuck they're doing, my my buddy Gary is is at the top of that list, and yeah, I don't think the the U.S. will ban cryptocurrency for two reasons. One, they they know if they do, they'll fall behind. And two, if they do, they're going to miss out on a lot of money and opportunity. And I think that if the U.S. has taught us anything, that is at the top of their list as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know where it goes. I feel like in my head, we are trying to reinvent the wheel and make things more complicated than it has to be. Um, and I actually think regulation can help us. But, of course, you know, uh, you you know, if you follow U.S. politics and, and anything like that is we like to uh, shoot ourselves in the foot as much as possible. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think there's a bit of a power struggle in terms of controlling it in a way. Like, I think the technology is here to stay, but the struggle is really the elite trying to get CBDCs pushed through so they can basically leverage more control on people. And it's... It, it's one of those subjects that almost went from conspiracy theory to reality. Like as time's going on, you're seeing countries creating digital currencies, you know, and in turn being able to, well, like China does it. And I, I think a lot of places are not so far off um, tracking their citizens like that. Uh, it's a thing we'll have to wait and see though. I don't want to speak on it too much until it happens, <laughs> but um, hope, I'll just hope that the US makes the right decision because it would help overall if if uh if you guys did sort that out so you know danny go up there give give gary a slap and say from me but i don't think the uk is doing much better i think we're uh, rishi sunak our prime minister is a big old advocate of uh the like digital pound so we'll see how that goes but um i'm gonna begin wrapping this up actually because i've got to uh i've got places to be Places to be, people to see, no one important, just my parents. <laughs> but um, I would like to ask you if there's anything else you'd like to cover before I do wrap it up. Honestly, no. This has been such a such an incredible conversation. I feel like we covered so many different topics that, like, truthfully, I think you and I both could have just, like, dedicated an entire hour or 90 minutes to. But, no, it was fun. It was kind of like, you know, we, we got a little bit of everything and – that was that was fun. I just I really enjoyed this conversation. It's Sunday, so I hope everyone who is tuning in right now gets time to disconnect and spend time with with friends, family, loved ones, or yourself. Because spending time with yourself, fucking awesome. And we should talk about that more. But yeah, no, I I just want to thank you again for having me, man. It, it was truthfully a, a really special time. I love this conversation. I hope we can keep them going. And yeah, like I said earlier, I'm looking forward to some of the other guests you have on in the future. And just, you know, if you ever want to chat about any of the things we discussed today, um, my DMs are always open. 
and uh yeah much love man truthfully i am uh, very 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 grateful and and yeah shout out to uh bazzi guava and freddie for for joining much love guys yeah no thank you i'm sure we'll probably run up another one of these i feel like i didn't actually cover everything i wanted to cover because we can just speak for ages um and it's it's, it's like a good quality conversation like you, you can tell the good ones from the ones which seem like harder to push and this has been a good one so um actually though um i don't know if you saw on a few of the other ones i like doing a little segment at the end a little one word answer um and i'm gonna get you to do that now i don't i don't care if you don't want to do it you're gonna do it um <laughs> so i'm just gonna ask you that you use one word to answer these questions there's only five and uh i'm gonna get your yeah well i'm just gonna get your answers so we're gonna kick it off with uh, azuki or mutant apes azuki Seals or penguins? Penguins. Bitcoin or Ethereum? Bitcoin. Does Bitcoin hit over 100K? No. Ooh. And the last one, the all important. Should the listeners rate the podcast five star? Fuck yes. And I know I used two words, but I had to. <laughs> I always do that. It's so cringy, man, but I just like it. I'm just going to clip them one day. I'm going to clip like a hundred of those <laughs> and just make some massive video of it. But um, no, thank you, Danny. And actually, can you tell everyone listening uh, where they can find you? Um, you know, so they don't, I'm going to put it in the comments as well, but I want you to say where they can find you. Yeah. I'm on Twitter at Danny Phantom NFT. Don't ask why I built an entire brand around a Nickelodeon cartoon character, but we're in this fucking deep and there's no turning back. So yeah, that's where you can find me. I, I really haven't ventured off into other platforms, still trying to figure this shit out. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my spiel. Much love. And yeah, life fucking rips. Let's have ourselves a day. Yeah. Have a good day, everyone. Thank you for listening. Do remember to rate the podcast five star. If you're listening live as well, thank you, Bazzy. Uh, we've got Bazzy, Freddie, and we've got uh, Guava as well. Thank you so much for listening live. And if you haven't checked out any other episodes, you can find them uh, linked in my bio. There's some really good people there. Um, if you know Danny, you're going to know some of the other people I've done interviews with. Um, it's crazy, actually, that the quality of, of the first like four versus the new ones, uh, the, the quality improves. But yeah, um, go check those out and if you do like it if you do like this one rate it five star it really helps me push it out to new people so yeah that being said uh, everyone have a good sunday spend time with your loved ones um and yeah i'll see you all on the timeline and uh, danny i will be sure to dm you as well in the coming days to keep in contact so have a good day everyone see you